It's good to be back. It has been a while. It's been, uh, we were just talking almost five years since uh, Marvin was on sabbatical and I filled in for him. Since then, I've grown a cowboy hat, stretched my goatee, and decided that, yeah, I do like cowboy boots. So um, if you're wondering what that's all about, I actually pastor a church called the Cowboy Church. And we meet in Sherwood Park, go figure. You know, maybe pretty south of Calgary, but no, we meet in Sherwood Park. So uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be with you and see some, some new faces, some faces I don't recognize and some that I do. And uh, some that you, you know, you, you guys are looking at me probably wishing you didn't recognize me either. So that's okay. I'm going to be a little bit presumptuous today. As I mentioned, I pastor in Sherwood Park, one of the world's largest hamlets. So it actually technically is a hamlet. It's never been incorporated, and it has a population to be about the fifth largest city in the province. On the outskirts of Edmonton, and I'm going to talk about farming today. I figure since I pastor a cowboy church and since this is rural Alberta, we can do that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of Mark. Yes, we'll get to Luke. I promise. But I want to start in the Gospel of Mark. The passage that I want to speak from is from your readings through the book of Luke. But I want us to see what Mark has to say about it as well. The, the parable that I want to talk about is recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so I want to just read through Mark's account. So that's kind of floating around in the back of our mind. By the way, have you ever wondered why there are so many differences in the Gospels? Have you ever stopped to listen to a husband and wife tell a story of the same event and how they just don't match? Well, you've got three different guys here and they're not even married, so... Mark chapter 4. I'm going to begin reading right at verse 1. He began to teach again by the sea, and such a very large crowd gathered to him that he got into a boat in the sea and sat down, and the whole crowd was by the sea and on the land. And he was teaching them, saying things in parables, and he was saying to them in his teaching, Listen to this, behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced thirty Sixty and a hundredfold. And he was saying, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. We're going to jump down to verse 13. And he said to them, Do you not understand? This is to his disciples. In case we think the disciples were always amazing and wonderful and, and highly intuitive, they were as thick as posts sometimes. He said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. 
These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In a similar way, these are the ones on whom seed was sown in the rocky places, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then, when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones on whom the seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word. But the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And those are the ones on whom the seed was sown on the good soil. And when they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. Let's pause and ask for the Lord to be our teacher this morning. Father, as we look into your word, I ask that you would indeed speak through us. Speak to us, Father. Lord, may you be the voice that we hear. Lord, may we be willing to listen for your voice. And when we hear it, may we be willing to obey what it is that you have to say to us this morning. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. For your glory, Lord Jesus. Amen. So we want to take a look at this little parable that Jesus told, probably one of the most common ones that we know. The parable of the seeds and the sower. And and we all know the typical interpretations, I'm sure, the typical way, and, and we may even know people, we may be able to point to different people that we know are different types of soil. I know when we were missionaries in Ukraine, as we talked about different people who would come to salvation, we could see the ones when, when you minister and you preach the word and you, you share the word and it just falls on deaf ears and it just never penetrates. And there were others who got so excited, and it was so cool. And then it was, wait a minute, this is going to cost me something? No, I don't think so. And they walk away. And then, of course, you've got other ones that, that seem to grow, they seem to start, but then they're easily distracted. And they fall away and they get choked out by material possessions or by worries or by other things. And then, of course, you have the rest of us who come to church every Sunday and are Sunday school teachers and are, are, are bench warmers. Take that whichever way you want. <laughs> and we're the good ones. You know, in all three accounts, there's only one that mentions the word saved. That's in, God, that's in Luke's gospel. And that's only for one kind of soil. I want us to take a look at this. In, Brian, thanks for that song. Byron, sorry. I want us to take a look at this in the light of the song we just sang. Because I think each one of us fits into this passage again and again, and again. So let's read it from the book of Luke this time. 
And yes, I, I like to do a lot of reading in Scripture because God promises to speak through His Word, not necessarily through mine. So uh, the more times we read Scripture, the more times that we can get it sunk into our own heads. Luke chapter 8. We kind of know the parable, but let's read that anyway, starting at verse 4. When a large crowd was coming together and those from the various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. What kind of a farmer sows the path? You ever stop and think about that? What kind of farmer sows seed where he knows it won't grow? Well, they didn't quite have the equipment then that we have now. <laughs> and when you're sowing the seed by hand, you know, some goes in a whole lot of other places. But you want to make sure you get 100% coverage of the good ground so you get all of the other types of ground as well. It was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air ate it up. Verse 6, other seed fell on rocky soil and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. The other seed fell into the good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. And he said these things, as he said these things, he would call out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples began questioning him as to what this parable meant. And he said, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. Jesus was very, very willing to explain himself to his disciples, to those to whom those who he came to minister to, very, very willing to explain. And he goes on to explain. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God, the word that God has given us. It was very different in Jesus' day. Matter of fact, it was only about two-thirds of what you and I hold today. But the seed is the word of God. Those beside the road are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear the word, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no firm root. They believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. The other seed, the seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard. And as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed in the good soil are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Let's take a look at, <laughs> at these types of soil and at farming and at living the Christian life. How many of you are farmers here, by the way? Whew, thank you. I'm not the only one. So, so 
you can check with them, see if I'm telling you the truth, or they can correct me while I'm, while I'm talking about here. When you start to farm a piece of land, and by the way, I'm not totally unfamiliar with farming. I did grow up in the city of Edmonton, but every summer, I spent my summers out on my aunt and uncle's farm just west of Saskatoon. So I do know a little bit about farming. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. I've driven a tractor on the field. When you start to break up a piece of land, you cultivate it, you, you, you tear it up, you, you get rid of as much of the, the, the top growth that you can, and you unearth the good, deep, rich soil underneath. You tear up the rocky places, the paths, where your kids have been dirt biking. But it doesn't always stay that way, does it? Those of you who are farming, how often do you cultivate a field? How often do you run a cultivator over it or a disker? It, but by the way, my name is Orban Bellamy. I'm pastor of the Cowboy Church. I'm a teacher at heart. So when I ask a question, you're welcome to answer. I give you permission to talk in church this morning, as long as it's when I ask you a question and it's to answer it. So, so let me try this again, just in case you forgot who I was. So let, let me try this again. How often do you cultivate? Do you run a cultivator or a disc? How often do you do that on your soil? Probably not as often as they used to, because now we realize that it lets all the moisture out, right? You continuously work the soil, right? Do you leave it year after year without doing anything to the ground itself? Those, I'm looking at those of you who farm. Help me out here. I'm not getting any feedback. <laughs> Anybody? What happens when you continuously work the ground? What comes up? Okay. Well, hopefully by working the ground, we're getting rid of some of those, but we're probably planting some at the same time. What starts to surface? Rocks. How many of you have ever been rock picking? <laughs> yeah. A farmer's never-ending job because the more you work the soil, the more rock comes up. Folks, I want to propose to you today that this passage is as applicable to you and I sitting here as honest earnest Christians as it does to the, to the world outside. Because the more we sit and we spend time with God and He works our soil, the more He works our hearts. Guess what? Rocks can come up. How many of you have ever been living life and suddenly it's like, where did, that, where did this issue come from? I didn't used to be like this. Where did this come from? Ever have that happen, or am I the only one? <laughs> See, the more God works our life, the more things slowly start to come to the surface. I'll leave those off for now. The more things slowly come, things that were never an issue before, aggravations, irritations, frustrations, things from our past maybe that, that were triggered and suddenly are haunting us. We have a choice at that point in time. <laughs> we can go rock picking or we can become the rocky soil. We have a choice. 
as the word of God falls in and we love it and we want it to work in our hearts. And yet there are all these issues then that we have to deal with. Are we willing to deal with those issues? Because if we're not, we become, as Christians, we become the rocky soil. And that may happen 20 years into your Christianity. That may happen 20 months into your Christianity. That may happen 40 years in your walk with God. Suddenly, things start to surface. We have a choice. Are we going to deal with those boulders, those rocks, those roots that suddenly are there that are threatening the growth and the maturity of the fruit that we want to produce? Or are we going to trust the Lord and walk with him and get rid of those? Then there's the weeds. <laughs> How many of you like to garden? I'm putting my hand down. I don't. I hate gardening. I'm sorry to all you gardeners, my wife being one of them. But I hate gardening. Ah, but man, weeds. I can grow weeds. Uh, they, they work for me. I mean, uh, if I want to do a garden plot, I plan to do weeds because they're easy. You don't got to do nothing and you get weeds. But what do weeds do to good, healthy crops? They steal. They steal the moisture. They steal the air. They grow fast. Do you ever notice that weeds grow so much faster? And their roots go so much deeper and take up so much more ground. They will suck the life out of everything good that's trying to grow. <laughs> How about your life? And again, I'm not talking about when you first become a Christian. I'm talking about now today. What are the distractions that are coming into your life? How many of you have just gone through two years of misery with COVID? Yeah, all kinds of fears, all kinds of frustrations, all kinds of struggles that, that none of us two and a half years ago would have ever even considered. And yet there's all kinds of fears tucked into that. Are we coming out of restrictions too fast? Are we coming out of them fast enough? Are we, are we, are we? Ah! I'm not belittling any of that. Those are all real concerns, real issues. But are we letting that steal away the life energy from God's word in our hearts? Worries about our finances. <laughs> if your salary has been affected by COVID, you know that there are a whole new crop of worries that you never even considered before. Wow. Or maybe you work for a company like Amazon and you're doing great. <laughs> and suddenly there's, there's all kinds of opportunities of growth and expansion and money. <laughs> I like this. Or power. Or opinion.
The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life. And it chokes out the, the ability to have fruit. How many times do you farmers spray your fields? Weeds are a never-ending battle, aren't they? It's a continuous fight. And folks, for you and I as believers, it's a continuous fight against those insidious little temptations to worry. Let me change that a little bit. Maybe not to worry, but to be consumed by worry. Or to be consumed by fear. By letting worry and fear dictate the path of our life. To dictate our choices. Worry is natural. Being afraid is natural. But as believers we have a choice then to turn that over to the Lord and say, Lord, here are my worries. Here are my, here, here's what's scaring me today. Or we can say, I'm going to sit here and stew on this and let it choke out the word of God in my life. Are you letting other things choke out the word of God and its effectiveness in your life today? But the seed in the ground, in the good soil, sorry, I better put my glasses back on. I know what it's supposed to say, but it doesn't look like it. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart, and life is fantastic. And we just cruise on with our spirituality, blossoming and growing with never a care in the world, and everything is wonderful. Right? Ha <laughs> ha! How many of you have a life like that? Because I'm jealous. No, I have a life where I have to work at the rocks in my life. I have a life where I have to work at the weeds in my life. As a matter of fact, I have a life where I have to work at not letting the <clears throat> of life harden my heart. And turn me into the rocky soil so the word of God doesn't even penetrate. Take a look at verse 15 again. And I love the way Luke puts this. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart. And hold it fast. You got to hold on to it. Holding on to it is not letting Satan come take it. Holding on to it is giving it a place to penetrate into your heart, to penetrate into your life. Not just hearing the word, but being willing to obey the word. That's a whole nother ball of wax. Are we willing to obey? Hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. It takes time to grow, unless you're a weed. And if you're a weed, well, you don't want to be one. You don't want to be a weed. It takes time to grow healthy. It takes effort to grow healthy. 
Folks, being a Christian is not easy. Just in case you didn't realize that. <laughs> Let me tell you, it ain't easy. It takes continuous disturbance in our souls to work our hearts and to work our souls and to not say we have to be perfect in order to be Christian. Thank you that you bring these up in your time and on your agenda. Lord, may we be willing to follow you, to hold on fast to your hand and to allow you to do the work in us that needs to so that we can bear the fruit that you so desire us to bear. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.